All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to the Question the Question podcast, where I'm your host, Simon. I'm going to be talking about philosophy in our daily lives, something that makes us question something and makes us wonder, why is this? Why is that? Because there is so much to learn about this world. And I mean, it's more fun to stay curious, right? Like, why not? And in today's episode, I decided to talk about a very popular theme. I think you can find it almost anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you go to your Facebook, Instagram, you watch Netflix, Hulu, any reality TV show, you hear this message everywhere. Be yourself. Be true to who you are. Stay true to who you are. Love yourself. At a glance, it sounds so profound, like, hell yeah, I'm gonna be me, you ain't, no one's me or me. But at the same time, do you really know yourself? How do you know that's yourself? And what is your self? And I don't know, let's find out. So to start the discussion, I decided to go to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Where else would I go? Because, you know, it's better to define your terms before you start discussing them. And what I found is actually quite peculiar. So the first two definitions of self, they contradict each other, which is not kind of helpful. Imagine if you're looking for something, you go to a dictionary for an answer, you open it, and there's another question. Like, really? But yet here we are. And the first definition of the self goes as it's an individual's typical character or behavior. I can agree yeah, it's kind of what you carry most of the time, your character, your behavior, something that you can say, oh, yeah, that's typically me and post it like a meme. But the second definition says it's the individual's temporary behavior or character. And I can I can agree to that, too. It's something that I have from time to time. But the question is, if it's typical, is it really temporary? And if it's temporary, is it really typical? So I was not satisfied with either of the definitions. I'm sorry, Merriam-Webster. Sometimes you could do a better job. And I decided to look for the criteria that define self, something that allows me to say, yes, this is self. And when contemplating that concept, I concluded that in order for me to say that this is my self, that self needs to be single. I cannot say I have multiple selves. It's kind of not, you know, mentally stable, because you got to take care of all of those individuals. Um, second, your self has to be unchangeable, because if it changes, it's no longer you, right? It also needs to be continuous, because you can't say that, okay, this is where myself starts, this is where myself ends, it has to be with you throughout your entire life. And it has to be lasting, because if it doesn't last, Really, is it worth it? So with that, it's interesting to look at the moment when kids, because, I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all been kids. So when we start saying I, usually the very first, as a father, I can tell you that a child till certain age thinks through his mom or his dad. They think of their desires as something coming from their parents. But then there comes this moment when the child can say, this is me in the mirror, this is me touching objects, and the child can say, I, I am hungry. No, not you. I am hungry. I am thirsty. I want this candy. No, no, no. It's not you. 
I want this candy. And it's not that candy who wants to be eaten by me. No, it's me. And when does that moment start? And what happens before that? Is that still self? At some point you could say no, but at the same time, again, as a father, I can tell that all kids have different characters, traits. They have different behavior from the very first day they're born. All kids scream in a different way. Some kids even don't scream when they're born. Um, some kids, you know, sleep differently. They look at things differently. They show their smile differently. So there is something, right? But at the same time, if we go deeper into it, it's actually easier to prove that there is no such thing as self. I mean, really, everything you can perceive of this world, like everything you know, it comes from your senses. You see the information. You read the information with your eyes. You smell things with your nose. You touch them with your hands or anything. And can you really trust your feelings? Can you trust your senses? Because I wear glasses. And for me to assume that it's a take of my glasses, that the world actually is blurry. So I'm like living the Monet style paintings. It's kind of absurd. I know that that chair that I'm looking at right now actually has very solid lines, not as blurred as I'm seeing it. So with that, I can't really trust my senses. But at the same time, everything, absolutely everything I know about this world comes from those senses. So let's look at what the Buddhists thought of self, because, you know, that religion is one of the oldest ones. And they had pretty much long time to think about stuff. So according to Buddhists, your self consists of five different components. It's your body, it's your senses, perceptions, mental formations or cognitions, and the consciousness itself. But even if we look at these components, um, your senses lie to you, your body's changing, you can't rely on your perceptions because it sometimes can be wrong. And mental formations and cognitions with consciousness, how can you be sure what those things are. I mean, generally speaking, if we we'll look at the consciousness itself, we don't really have a definition of consciousness because in order for us to define consciousness, we need to know where it starts, when it ends. We don't know. Imagine a scientist, like a cognitive science scientist, science scientist, well, anyways, but that person comes to the dean and says, I want to study the consciousness. I bet the dean would laugh. How can you study it? Like, you got to define what you're going to study. And so with the body too, it's interesting. We change every single moment, every single second. At the end of this podcast, I'll be a little bit different person. Maybe it's not that noticeable, but I will be, I will be different. And if you like zoom out your life, look at who you were five years ago, doesn't that feel like you were a different person? When I read the messages I send, when I look at the pictures, the only thing that allows me to say, yes, it was me, is like, you know, some facial resemblance there or like understanding that, oh, I have the memories about it. But again, it that ties to our senses. The memories I have, I perceived through my senses. And everything I know about myself is through the memory of certain events, but I don't remember those events actually. I recall the recall that I recalled when I recalled something. So when I try to think of something that happened in my life, I'm not thinking of that moment. I'm thinking about what I recall last time I recalled it. 
But yet memory is what defines me. Because if you take away my past, it's no longer me. And what is myself then? If I don't know if I can trust my memory. And it's changing all the time. I'm changing all the time. And that's kind of similar to the David Hume's idea. So David Hume, he was a British philosopher who said that there is no such thing as, thing as self. So he brought up an analogy of theater that with your consciousness, you perceive everything like in theater happening to you, all the emotions and things like that. So I can see that because I kind of can say that I'm the observer of certain behavioral patterns of myself when I look at me interacting in certain situations. So kind of I can argue that that observer is me. But at the same time, I can't really know that that observer exists on its own. If I die, does myself cease to exist? But I thought self needs to be lasting. And what happens if um, I'm no longer, you know, so to say conscious, if after a car accident, something happens to my brain and I no longer interact like a normal person. I can't say things. I can't think. I'm just basically a body, somewhat living body. So does that mean that my consciousness and myself was in my brain? I don't know. At the same time, you know, with that, it kind of raises the idea of me being an individual, me being unique in a way because if it's just my brain then it can be so easily influenced take one pill i get certain emotions certain feelings and is it still me and maybe it's just that you know viewer at the theater is who myself is um in a way that kind of reminded me i'm sorry i forgot to mention the metaphor that buddhist used for self so in order to say that this thing is something as is, like, let's say this is yourself, it, something within yourself needs to be your essence. But the problem is, if you start breaking down yourself, you can't really say what defines yourself. So I'm going to, so the Buddhists use the chariot analogy, but I'm going to use a car analogy because it's more like contemporary, more modern. So let's imagine a car, nice car, whatever you want to, whatever you want to be. If you take out the engine from the car, is it still a car? It's kind of like a car, but it's not a car because it lost something that made it a car, the engine. Or if you take, let's say, the wheels, is it still a car? You can't really drive it anywhere. At the same time, if you disassemble that car and reassemble it the wrong way, is it still a car? Because you're kind of using the same parts, but it's no longer a car. So with that, we just have concepts of certain things. But in order for us to say that this is a car, something in that car needs to be its essence. But there isn't any. So is there really such thing as self? And I was thinking about it, and it came to me that there is. So there is hope. Don't worry. There is hope. There is such thing as self. So as we're changing... Every single person has a different rate of change. You know, like a little bit math, like der derivative kind of thing. So that rate of change, that constant change within you, that is yourself. You're changing physically. 
Thank God you're changing mentally. Well, hopefully we're all growing. I know there are some cases, but still, let's hope for the best. And you're changing at your own speed. You're changing at your own circumstances. And that's so unique to you. Think about it. Throughout the entire human history, the entire history of this planet, four billion years, there was no one like you. No one lived through what you lived. No one saw things you saw. No one reflected on them the way you did. So that constant rate of change, it's like that prism that transcends the events around you and transforms them into something that is so unique, precious, and beautiful. And that I think I can call myself because I know that it's within me. And that allows me to be self-aware that I change. It lasts because that change doesn't go anywhere, by the way. Like since I'm born, I think I kind of changed. I don't want to have a I don't want to drink any breast milk and I'm not wearing diapers yet. But anyways, so that is something that is also single because that constant rate of change belongs to me. It's my rate of change. It's not your rate of change. It's not someone's rate of change, but it's me. And that gives me hope that all of those theories that something does not exist, you know, they're just wrong. There is such thing as self, as me, unique, and well, hopefully, beautiful. And to end this episode, um, I want to throw out like a little advice or like an exercise, which is kind of interesting to do. So what I do every morning right now, I wake up, I stretch, and then I write a diary about anything that happened to me yesterday. And you know what I found is that little thing allows me to reflect on my personality, on my traits, on my behavior, and even the things that I decide to talk about, they reveal more about myself. And also, you know, it kind of allows me to say that I lived. So go ahead and try it out and see what happens. And then go back to the things that you wrote and think about how far you've gone, how you grew. So yeah, stay curious and see you in the next episode.